Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Grace Plus Boundaries. I'm glad you're here. We're in that little week between Christmas and New Year's. For me, it's a gem of a week because, you know, the busyness and chaos of Christmas is is gone and there's like kind of a shininess and I get to usually spend time with my son and gosh, it's been a really good week. We went ice skating with his friend and had the best time. It's been really fun. We went to see a movie today, Wonka, which I loved. It was good. My son liked it too. It was so good. I really would watch it again. It was it was really delicious. Love that movie. Um, so magical. Uh, an idea that I was kind of spinning around in my head was crystallized in a podcast that I listened to today by Mark Groves. And I love him. He's one of my favorite podcasters. So I'll link that episode here. The episode I was listening to was called How to Show Up Even If You're Afraid. He has a million great episodes, though, so I really recommend his show. Um, But he was talking about this idea of ambivalence. And it's an idea I've been really swirling around in my head, too, because I have a little story about how I've been kind of noticing my ambivalence in some relationships in my life and how I want to change that. So today I'm calling the episode that I will no longer tolerate ambivalence in myself and in my relationships. So Mark was saying that if we can't trust ourselves to say no in a relationship, then we also can't trust ourselves to say yes in a relationship. It's like we're kind of in that codependent space if we're not trusting ourselves. When we don't trust ourselves, we probably are allowing things to be hot and cold in relationships. So if I'm allowing a person to be hot and cold with me, then that means that I'm actually hot and cold, or another word for that would be ambivalent, right? In my desire or in what I, not knowing exactly what I want or not having clarity in what I'm looking for in my life. So sometimes I have, and I'm sure it's human nature, a lot of you probably have too in the past, When we've noticed someone that's treating us hot and cold, now I know the name for it, but back back in the day, I didn't really know. And I would just, maybe the best term I had for that was like, oh, that person's not emotionally available or that person is not nice or I don't even know, but probably I would have said they're not emotionally available at some point when I started to know some language surrounding relationships. Well, now I know that if that's happening in a relationship, then it means I'm probably not emotionally available in some ways too. And a lot of times it's not the exact same ways, but you know, it kind of is a give and take in different energies. 
So it's kind of one of those things where if I'm in a relationship with someone and it's not working and I want to put all the blame on them, yeah, maybe that person's not treating me right. But if I'm still in a relationship with that person, then I need to look at myself and say, okay, then why am I tolerating that behavior? Now that's the piece that I have to work on. Why am I tolerating it? So it's not that I'm abusive too. If they're abusive, then I'm abusive. No, it's like there are two sides of this kind of balance is that one person maybe does some negative things and the other person allows it. So this past six months, I have talked a few times on here about um, how I had a crush on this coworker of mine, and we've kind of become friends over the last few months and eat lunch together regularly, things like that. And um, I was just kind of noticing my crush, not really doing anything about it, because in the past, I've learned that me doing something about a crush, like asking them out or what else would I do? Making it known that I liked them. Um, I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe asking him out, that's probably what I would have eventually done in the past if I had a crush on someone and they didn't ask me out. You know, like I would kind of wait and see, do I really like them? Yeah, I do. Okay, then maybe I'll ask them out. And strangely, in the past, when I've asked someone out, they have said yes. So it's not like I got a total rejection. But it never worked out, you know, it never, there was always a very big ambivalence there on the part of the other person when it was a male. I guess I haven't really done that with a female, so I'm not sure how that would be. But with a male, I've kind of come to realize that if the man is not doing the asking out, in my opinion and in my life, I kind of have been learning that, you know, I probably shouldn't do it because he's probably not interested. And if he was, he would ask me out. So, you know, that might not be true 100% of the time, but that's what I'm going to work with right now in my life because that has been the truth for me. So luckily, I have good guidance of people I talk to now who know stuff and they were just like, oh, enjoy having a crush on someone. How fun. And I was like, that's not fun to have a crush on someone that much. Like I want to actually date this person. I don't want to just like have a crush on him. You know, I kind of was taking it with a grain of salt. Like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to kind of watch my feelings and stuff like this. So over time, I had noticed that I was very ambivalent. Like sometimes I'd really like him. And then other times I'd notice he'd say something or he'd swear in a way that I didn't like. And I'd be like, hmm, I don't really like that about him. I don't really like being around people that say the F word like a lot in anger. Um, so I noticed that, you know, maybe that isn't the type of person I want to date. And then other days, you know, we'd have so much in common. And I'd be like, oh, this is, that would be fun, blah, blah, blah. You know, and my head kind of went back and forth. And the energy inside me went back and forth too, because there was like this part of me that liked this person. And then there was another part of me that was like, this sucks that this person doesn't like me back. And then there was like an angry part of me that wanted to like blame him and say mean things about him because he didn't like me back, which is, is kind of silly. But you know, I honor the parts of me. And it felt that way. And I think that was the kind of protective part probably that wanted to not have this crush. Like part of me was like, I wish I could just give up this crush. It's so annoying. I wish I didn't like him. It's super annoying. Um, but there was a lot of ambivalence. So as I came to the kind of the end of realizing 
that, you know, this isn't working out, that I actually don't like this person that much, and I don't think he treats me, he definitely does not have feelings for me more than friends. And I even had a conversation with him uh, right before this Christmas holiday, where I even was like, you know what, he kind of didn't even really treat me like a friend. Like, he was kind of a little bit rude to me. And um, I think maybe he was uncomfortable. He probably had knew that I liked him at this point. And maybe that was his way with, of dealing with it, you know, and, and kind of uh, maybe brushing me off. I don't know. But it made me see that like, you know what, he's really hot and cold. And I did notice that inside of myself in the past, I have been attracted to that hot and cold nature of another person. And I know that, you know, when it's hysterical, it's historical. And I will say that this is a little hysterical because at times I just get like these, a lot of extra feelings about this, you know, when I was at home and all of a sudden I'd really want to like make, have him as my person and blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, what are all these feelings all of a sudden? And so that's why I say it was kind of hysterical. Like there are feelings that felt really like, like I couldn't control them, you know? So I think that it relates back to just this ambivalence that I felt in my family of origin growing up where, you know, like sometimes I'd be accepted if I was going along with what my parents said. And then other times I wouldn't. And there was kind of a push and pull of, yeah, we like you. Oh, we don't like you. We're going to laugh at you. Oh, this is okay when you're doing what I want. Oh, now this is not okay. And then all of a sudden there would be someone not liking me, even though, you know, it was not consistent. It was very hot and cold at times. And it kind of goes with that black and white thinking, like you're either in or you're out. You're either with us or you're against us. Like it's very, it's, it's kind of an immature way of relating to other people, I think. So I noticed that, you know, like this guy is hot and cold and maybe that's why I was so attracted to him. Like it, 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 we are attracted to that feeling that we got from our family of origin. Sounds weird, but that's just the way things work. So I was noticing that and then luckily I waited long enough and then I noticed that, you know what, I don't really even want a relationship with this person. Yeah, maybe he's attractive to me in some ways, but you know what? That's not everything. And I remembered my number one relationship rule that I had talked about one time on this podcast, that my number one relationship rule is that the other person has to really want to spend time with me. The other person has to like me. The other person has to care that they're spending time with me. I don't want to spend time with a friend or a lover, anyone who doesn't really care if they spend time with me. So there's rule number one that the person has to genuinely like me and have interest in me. So this guy was definitely not interested. That's that. And I can, I think I'm ready to let it go. And I just, I'm willing to unpack it too, because it's really not all his fault. I mean, I never really thought it was, but I mean, I think the old me or the more immature me would have like painted a bad picture of him maybe in a way. And there's a part of me that maybe still wants to do that. But, um, you know, he's on his old own path too and dealing with things his own way. And, and, um, and as a coworker, he's a great coworker, you know, and I hope that we still can enjoy having lunch together here and there 
and that I can let go of any feelings I had because he's not my person. He's obviously not interested in me. And so that's okay. And I also, I don't want to go out with someone who's hot and cold. I don't want to date somebody who isn't sure if they're interested in me. I want to give up on this tolerating ambivalence in relationships. So here we go. I'm I'm doing it, right? I, I let go of this crush I had on this person and I'm not going to tolerate it. No way. I'm not going to date someone like that. Um, and it also reminded me of a couple other relationships in my life. There's a couple friends of mine who I love them dearly. And, you know, if I see them and we end up hanging out, that'll be so much fun. I would really enjoy that. But I am finished trying to make plans with two of my girlfriends, my woman friends. Um, It's just been so many times that I've reached out and, you know, they're just not available because they're busy in their lives. And I know it's not because they don't care about me. They do. I probably hopefully will run into them from time to time. And I love them, you know, but I am done spending energy on people that don't want to spend time with me. And thank goodness I have other examples in my life of people that do want to spend time with me. Like, thankfully, going through recovery and learning about intergenerational trauma, how to heal trauma, working on getting in touch with my feelings over the last many years, I've luckily saw and have had experiences with people that actually truly enjoy my company and want to hang out with me and will make time for me in their life. I have a couple friends now that will do that for me. Um, you know, I have a friend who we don't get together all the time. You know, she's really busy. That's the thing is, is people are busy. But if I ever say like, yeah, let's go out for coffee. She's like a total, yeah, let's do that. You know, she's like, enthusiastically wants to hang out with me. And even if it doesn't happen for a couple weeks, like that enthusiasm really means a lot to me. And that's what I want in my relationships going forward is someone that enthusiastically wants to be around me because it it's possible, right? Now I luckily have some examples of people that do. So I really expect that now and with a partner that I hope to have in the future at some point, they're going to enthusiastically want to spend time with me. And that's going to feel really good. I'm going to enjoy that. One last little thing I'm going to add is something pretty amazing. A Christmas miracle kind of occurred in my life. For years, I've been setting boundaries with my family of origin, my parents, and I would never have been able to guess that there would be such a positive outcome necessarily through it. It's been challenging. There's been really hard times when I set a boundary and there's been major pushback. And it was probably about four years since I set a boundary with my mom and she had very little ability to understand that boundary and took it very, very hard. And my dad as well took it very, very hard. Um, But I'm really grateful that they didn't completely give up on having a relationship with me. And I didn't completely give up on having a relationship with them. There was a lot of words unsaid between us for a long time. And I could not have predicted that 
my mom would have come around to want to listen to my side of things. But just recently, she kind of opened up a little bit. And I was able to speak some truth in her presence, which felt really good. And I still don't know how exactly that's going to turn out. But we had a really nice Christmas dinner together where I was able to enjoy my parents' company. My son was there. We played games. We ate food. Everybody was kind to each other. Nobody was passive-aggressive. My mom wasn't trying to hug me and wasn't sitting there sad that I wasn't hugging her. She tried to honor my boundaries And I'm super, super grateful for that because my parents actually really showed me that they do enthusiastically want to hang out with me. And I know that because I know how hard it must have been for them to honor my boundaries, but they have been doing it. And that just shows how much they care about me. And I was talking to my therapist today. And she was saying how it is special because there are a lot of parents who, when they hear their child's boundaries, they don't respect them. And then there's distance and there's not hanging out with each other and there's anger and there's hardness and there's not forgiveness. And, you know, it could have gone that way for me and my parents. And I'm not exactly sure how it changed. I know that I have sure been working really, really hard on forgiveness, on love, on thinking of them with love, even if I can't communicate with them well all the time, and healing that hardness in my heart. And I wonder if some of the work I did this past summer with that one therapist I've talked about a lot on here And he kind of told me what to do to heal the relationship with my mom. And I did some of those things. So you can go back in the episodes and hear about that a little bit. And um, I don't know if that had something to do with it or not. All I know is we had a really nice Christmas dinner. I made dinner for my parents. I felt really, I guess, honored is kind of the word that they would allow me to do that. It felt really good. It felt like I was an adult doing my own thing and making my own decisions. And I'm really grateful that my parents were not critical when they came over. They were loving and kind. And it was really, really amazing. So in a strange way, here's that other episode I had right before this again, that we don't solve problems directly. As humans, we solve problems indirectly. And this is an example of that. It's like with my romantic relationship, I realized this person is hot and cold. I'm not tolerating that anymore. No, this guy is not good enough for me. Or not that he's not good enough, but he's not the person for me because I don't deserve hot and cold. I'm letting that go. And it's like the second I let that go, look at that. This other part of my life opened up to where I was able to let in people that I wasn't just tolerating, people that actually showed me they have enthusiasm for me. It wasn't the relationship I was asking for as a romantic relationship, 
But it was a relationship I had been wanting to heal for a very long time that ended up having some kind of closure, I guess you could say. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And I still have boundaries because there are a lot of things that my mom tries and does that are her coping mechanisms that don't work for me. And she calls me sometimes and I don't talk to her on the phone very often. And I'm okay with that in myself that if she calls, I don't need to answer. It's not something that I like to do, talk to her on the phone. It hasn't worked for me in the past. And, you know, she's willing to be okay with that, it seems like, or at least she's willing to tolerate that right now in her life, because she does seemingly want a relationship with me. So I think the takeaway is just that if there's ambivalence within us, then there's going to be ambivalence out there in our relationships. And it makes sense, right? Like if we can have that self-reflection and see that wavering in how we feel, then we don't have to judge other people for it, them not showing up for us. You know, we can kind of look at it ourselves. Hmm, do I want that person in my life? Do I not want that person in my life? And, and we can do something different the next time. That's what it's all about, taking that leap of faith, trying something new. All right, we'll have a wonderful New Year's, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness, because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.